what's up, Woodbridge? It's Mr. Karnbach and Ms. Bristow coming at you live from our homes. We're here today with Mr. Muhammad to talk again about college, but we talked last time about how you get into college, and now that you're all starting to get those acceptance letters, we thought it'd be really important to invite him back to talk about now that you're in, how do you stay in school that you got accepted to, and how do you go about finding scholarships, filling out that FAFSA form so that you can pay for school. So, Mr. Mojave, now that kids are starting to get those acceptance letters from early admission, um, what are their next steps? If they were accepted into multiple colleges, this is kind of a loaded question, how should they determine which one they want to attend? And is there a way that they can kind of rescind a student's acceptance letter? Like a college, if they gave a kid an early admission, could a college be like, Ooh, we don't want you anymore? And what would be like most likely for that to happen? <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, a lot of good questions. So in regard to what are the next steps after students, you know, start getting their acceptance letters, basically it would it will come down to how many acceptance letters, you know, they're receiving or plan on receiving. Uh, so let's just say a kid is applied to three schools. They've been admitted into three schools. Um, excuse me, have been admitted into all three. So once they've gotten their you know, acceptance letters, they've also should have received how much award money, you know, uh, the school is offered. And so basically after receiving all three and hopefully they've received uh, their financial aid package from all, you know, all three schools as well. And they can compare, you know, the numbers in regard to the total cost of, of the school, as well as how much money has been offered, you know, so Basically, you know, when it comes down to uh, how should they determine which one they should attend, that that comes down to that family household conversation. You know, so if, if, if the mom, dad, you know, guardian has said, like, listen, I have no money to put toward, you know, your college education at this point. So we have to go with whoever offers you the most money. So whether that is four year school, two year school, whatever the case may be. You know, so so ultimately, you know, I would suggest that, you know, students start applying for additional funding, regardless of if they've received a full scholarship or what, because if if you've received a full scholarship from, a you know, whatever school, you know, of your choice, then that school, um, if, if a student has been awarded scholarships, then that's free money that goes toward the school but the school will, you know, send it back to you, you know, because obviously the bill has already been paid. So the, the more money you receive, you know, more than likely um, what students normally do, if they get admitted into their top school, then, and let's just say they only have maybe $5,000 remaining, you know, on their balance, but their number two school has given them a full ride. So depending on that family conversation, you know, let's just compare, you know, UVA to Virginia Tech and UVA is their number one, Virginia Tech's number two, you know, a family might say like, listen, this is our number one choice. We'll make the sacrifice, you know, for that 5,000 because it doesn't necessarily have to be paid right up front, you know, so you can go on a payment plan for that. I have to admit, like that kind of happened with me. You know, I got into my number one school and it was, 
you know, the cost per year was like 40,000 and then, you know, per year. And then my number two school that I got into was all four years was 25,000. So, yes. I mean, my mom, my mom was very, you know, Hey, we'll, we'll make, we'll find a way, we'll find a way, we'll find a way. And to personally, for me, I think it actually worked out better. I, I did go to that second school, you know, and I think it actually worked out. I personally think it worked out better for me that way and then so have is it like going back to the question is there a chance a kid could have their acceptance rescinded is there is could you know obviously if the kid doesn't graduate we know that gets rescinded but is there any other situation where that could happen besides that yes i'm glad you 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 uh brought that question back up because that is a very important question um a student uh you know their their letter can be ascended you know, because if if I send in their mid-year transcript and they're doing well and this second half of the, of the year, they, they've decided to, you know, become a no-show and, you know, start failing classes, whether they've already met the requirements of admission, you know, they didn't finish the year strong. You know, so so they're going based on the initial transcript and the the mid-year transcript and their hope, you know, they're banking and counting on the student to finish strong, you know, because without finishing strong and completely bombing, that that throws a red flag. You know, that that is a student that could on on their end of the spectrum, this is a student that could potentially be an academic probation later on for starting off well and then bombing later on. You know, so uh, but generally, that's the only way that a letter can be, you know, uh, rescinded. All right. No, th- thank you. Now, so students are now getting all, like you said, they're getting all these acceptance letters. They're looking at the money. They're having that talk with their family. Is there anybody at the university they could communicate like about like, hey, I need I, I need a little bit more money or what are some things I can do to help pay? Are there people? Like who, who do they contact at the university to figure that out? So it's two people, you know, uh, or two, two offices. Uh, starting off, they could speak with their advisor. Um, and by now a student, you know, should know, you know, who their advisor would be. Um, so, you know, they could reach out to him or her as well as the financial aid department. You know, like, let's just say a student, you know, going back to the example I gave earlier about maybe having $5,000 remaining on their their balance. And they could say, like, listen, you know, I've been awarded the, you know, uh, a merit award for $20,000 X, Y, and Z. I have $5,000 remaining. Um, Is there any other awards on your end that I could either apply for or that I may be eligible for? Because based on my situation, you know, whether it's pandemic related or household related, you know, I'm probably not going to be able to come up with this 5,000. And even though it's, it's very little money compared to the total cost, you know, that 5,000 is basically like household wise, consider 50,000, <laughs> you, you know, so, um, but, you know, a student should definitely reach out to their advisor as well as the um, someone within the financial aid department. I'm muted. Ha. Ah. <laughs> so, but um, isn't part of kind of like what determines that financial package that they get from 
the financial aid office is indicative of that FAFSA form that they have to fill out too, right? Um, yes. I know for myself personally, uh, my parents um, divorced. So when I filled out the FAFSA, they took into the fact that I had four parents that could contribute to my education. So the amount of money in which that I was willing, that William and Mary, you know, thought that I needed was much lower than what I really needed. Yeah. Um, they didn't realize that I had, you know, seven other siblings. Um, so can you kind of explain the FAFSA form and one, why it's so important for students to fill it out? And are there specific deadlines they need to be aware of? And what do they get by filling it out as well? Okay, so the FAFSA, you know, whether, you know, uh, someone comes from an affluent household or, uh, you know, low income household, you know, everyone needs to fill out the FAFSA. And so basically, a, a parent fills out the FAFSA based on their previous tax returns. So if, if, a, if a household, you know, if there's a, a married couple and they, they filed, uh, you know, their taxes together, then basically they use those tax returns to complete the FAFSA. Uh, if it's, a, you know, someone that's single, you know, uh, they would do it, you know, based on their taxes as well. And so basically it asks you very important questions based on the total income, household income. Uh, it also asks very specific things such as the amount of people within the household. And so, all, you know, basically every every question that's on the FAFSA is based on uh, everything that is on a parent's income tax return. You know, so with you know, with the exception of you know a few things in regard to the people within the house, you know, things of that nature. You know, so basically the FAFSA form it opened on October first, and a student can can continue to fill out the FAFSA you know, up until this summer, but primarily the earlier you do the FAFSA, the more money is available, you know? I was so, just going to say, does it, it's kind of like a, like a bank account, right? In the sense of that, what's there is there. And once, once it's gone, it's gone. It, it's gone. It's, it's all the way gone. Like a home run, it's not coming back, you know? So, <laughs> uh, so what, one of the most important things about the FAFSA is when a student gets their, uh, their, you know, financial aid award letter, you know, from a school. So basically it will show everything that that student is eligible for uh, based on their FAFSA, you know, completion. So if a student is eligible for, you know, loans and grants, it will list all of the loans and grants. If a student is uh, has received uh, a, a uh, particular scholarship from, you know, from that school, that scholarship will be listed. Um, any grants, uh, also work study. So if a student is eligible for work study, you know, it may say $5,000. So that $5,000 would be uh, given throughout the year. You know, so that student can work in the cafeteria, uh, they can work in the library, you know, they can work in a computer lab on campus or a specific department on campus. So basically all of those things that a student is eligible for will be listed within that financial aid award package. Now, I, obviously the, they fill out the FAFSA form, they get all their stuff. Okay. One thing kids got to remember the FAFSA changes throughout the years. Cause I, I'll never forget 
my going into my senior year of college up the three years before that, my brother was in school in college too. So my, you know, my FAFSA form was based on two kids in college. Well, then my senior year, my brother, he's now graduated. So now it's one kid. So that, you know, that, that number on the FAFSA form can change. So if it does change, um, what are some other options that students have for financing the educate their education? Like, what are some other options? I heard we, we you talked about work study a little bit, but what are some other things that you know students and parents can do to help finance? So, uh, actually, this morning, maybe a half hour before we got on, um, I sent out uh, a list of scholarships to parents as well as students. So 90% of the emails that I send to students, I send to, to parents as well, just so that they're in the loop. So one of the things that I always suggest for students to do is to inquire about all of the scholarships that, you know, that they that they can. The ones that are, you know, given to them or provided to them by by myself, you know, you know, people, you know, they laugh when I say this, but you can simply Google any scholarship that you're interested in. If you're left-handed, you can Google scholarships for left-hand students. You know, you can Google uh, scholarships for athletes, scholarships for African-Americans, scholarships for students with a uh, 3.0 or higher GPA. It, it's so many out here. But what happens is, you know, if we were in a general school, you know, setting right now, and I would, I would have a, a big binder full of scholarships. Students can come in, they can look, see what they're interested in. I make a copy, send them on their way. What happens is uh, probably about 20% of those scholarships will require an essay. And so students don't like to, to complete the essay. But I always say 95% of the students that viewed this scholarship, they had the same, they had the same feeling. So what happens is generally only two to five students might apply for that scholarship. And when I say two to five, that is no exaggeration. Like I've had plenty of students, you know, end up being the only one applying for a scholarship and they've received the scholarship because they decided to do the essay. And, you know, this is, I, this is the conversation I have with students. Please do not be scared to, 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 use this essay because you might be able to use the essay again for another scholarship. And to be honest, I've seen students that probably wouldn't have received the scholarship, you know, had it been 10 or 20 students, but because they, you know, they put in the time for the essay, they end up receiving it. You know, so complete as many scholarships as possible because you just never know how much you're going to need in the end. And whether it's 500, 5,000, it would be beneficial. Oh, and, and you are absolutely right about the Googling. There's actually scholarships for, you know, there's a scholarship for being short. Yes. Um, and, and it was the one time in my life that I was actually too tall for something. Um, <laughs> you had to be under 4'11". And I was like, no. So um, I was, you know, DQ'd because I was too tall for once. Um, but certainly like you are 100% correct in the sense of like getting out there, searching for those scholarships, just Google away. And like you were saying about the essay writing is don't be afraid because you can actually use one for many of them. Uh -huh. You know, yeah. I, I know that I've done a lot of recommendations for students for their scholarships because you, in some cases you need the teacher rec 
is that, you know, I can literally use the same one and you just have to change the name of what they're, you know, doing the scholarship for. And it's the same thing for with, you know, if you're doing all leadership scholarships, right. Or if you're doing all scholarships in which that pertain to one particular field, but it, it is, you're right, that essay in which that scares them. So if they are afraid of writing that essay, and you had talked about those work study programs, if the kid doesn't get that listed as an option, can they talk to that financial advisor in the office to kind of find out about those opportunities? Um, I know for myself, I worked in the games room at William and Mary. Um, so are those, you know, are those things in which that they could just be like, hey, is that available to me? Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, especially depending on the, you know, the college or university that a student, you know, actually ends up attending, you know, whether it's a small school or big school, obviously if it's a big campus, you have more opportunities for, for jobs, whether on campus or off campus, but yeah, students, you know, if, if they are quote unquote, not eligible for the work study program, then, you know, they can always apply to, you know, different departments or various opportunities on campus, you know, so my, uh, you know, so I ended up going to Rutgers for football and that was, that was paid for, you know, so, but after I left after two years, um, so I had the opportunity initially to go to Rutgers for football or West Virginia state for basketball. So um, Rutgers was, you know, hundred percent West Virginia was uh, about 85%. So, you know, my dad was at, at the time, he was saying, like, listen, it's no need for me to have to come out of my pocket to contribute if you have something that, you know, is going to pay, you know. But I really wanted to go to West Virginia because I preferred to play basketball <laughs> rather than be in the cold for football, right? Yeah. So after two years, I was just like, Dad, I, I can't do this anymore. You know, like, I'm, I'm tired, it's cold. Like, I'm having fun, but it's cold. So because... I initially rescinded my offer at West Virginia, and then I called back to see if I can get back in good graces. What happened was I didn't initially, I didn't get what was offered, you know, so it went from 85 down to 75%. So I had 25% left. And what I ended up doing, I ended up applying for an RA position, which is considered a resident assistant where you basically manage your whole floor. Mm -hmm. And so that, that actually worked out best because uh, being an RA paid my tuition, you know? So I ended up getting money back because after my tuition was paid, I had more than enough, you know? So, but going back to your question, it, you can always apply to, you know, various positions on campus. Um, and most schools have a building or an office that has, uh, that is strictly for scholarships and grants, you know, from, you know, uh, from alumni, you know, so that is definitely a, you know, a place where students should definitely become familiar with. Yeah. Now I have to admit my work study was kind of funny because I could actually use it to work. I was working with the men's basketball team and the university allowed me to, to count that. So, and yeah. one thing kids don't realize, so like you get that letter, it said 5,000, right? But they send that letter out to all these kids. And as the year goes on, some sometimes you if you're not in contact with the work study program, yeah. you can, I actually got more money because so many kids weren't using their money. Yep. The money comes back to the university. And so the university was like, hey, 
here's this kid who's working. You know, you can now, instead of 5,000, I end up getting, you know, it was supposed to be 5,000 for the year. You know, a couple months in, they said, oh, we're going to we're going to make that now 10,000. So I actually got 5,000 the first semester and then 5,000, which helped a lot. Now, the following year that did not happen. I can only do it. Um, yeah. I only got I didn't get the increase. But again, just be aware. Now, this idea of scholarship. So you talked about when she, calling university, the university has some scholarships now for the kid who's still trying to figure out where to go, like, you know, like you said, Rutgers or West Virginia, is there any, is there is like a one stop shop for where these kids can look up all these scholarships for like going into school right now? Is there a one stop? And like, obviously you talked about it, you know, the app, the application process, it's going to be different. What are some pitfalls that they need to be aware of in this process? So, Fortunately and unfortunately, when it comes to like a one-stop shop, it is there's really not a one-stop shop now because it's just so many things that are offered. You know, so um, what students need to be aware of is, you know, every school has their in-house scholarships. You know, so when they apply to their, you know, when they apply to these schools based on their GPA, their and, and test scores, things, anything, you know merit-related, they're automatically put within a category of those, you know, scholarships in-house. You know, so let's just go with the top, you know, let's just say the presidential award. If a student, you know, has, you know, a 4.0, a 1250 SAT score, you know, then they're automatically put in that category for that uh, presidential award. Now, obviously, you know, they're not going to offer that presidential award to thousands of students. It may be 500 or 1,000, depending on the size of the school. But a student will not have to apply for those type of awards. You know, but, you know, you have different websites, you know, um, on the FAFSA website, you know, there's a link for scholarships. You have scholarship.org. And it's, it's so many. Like I said, Google is honestly a student's best friend when it comes to scholarship search, you know, because you can literally search anything under the sun on Google and it will come up. You know, I, I know my, I at least have provided at least 250 to 500, you know, scholarship links, you know, so far this year. And it's still a lot of time left. And because we're not in school on a daily, I'm not receiving the general things that I normally would you know, uh, in-house, you know, uh, you know, some scholarships, they're, they're old school and they still have a paper application instead of a website, things of that nature, you know, so I haven't been receiving those things, but generally from late January to about May, that's when the community scholarships start rolling in, you know, from alumni, you know, organizations, things of that nature. So, I'll start rolling them out. So um, students are our in-house seniors will have more than enough opportunities to, you know, apply and and also receive. Now you said you're sending those links. Are are you sending it to their which their their official school email? Are you sending it to their Gmail? Which one are you sending it to? So our listeners know exactly where to where they should be looking for these links. Great question. I'm sending it to their Prince William, you know, uh, County Schools website. Okay. I'm not website to their uh, email. 
um, you know, as well as their their parents' emails. So you parents know, so, should be also check it. You know, I know students are, yes. You know, so I know kids are receiving tons of emails and sometimes things get lost in the shuffle. But, you know, I urge students to really check these emails. Anything that says scholarships or uh, program, special program related, you know, please stay on top of that because at the end of the day, you know, if it's free money available, then, you know, yeah. uh, students should, you know, take advantage of it. Totally agree. Um, I mean, one thing in which to think about too, is like you were saying, you know, they're getting a lot of emails, you know, that they're getting a lot of information. And I mean, and I know you also posted, they come through on canvas as well through their class page as well too. Yes. Cause I've seen it. Yes. Um, I've seen it cause I get those updates myself. Um, so don't you worry, you might see some essays from me and we'll be applying for some scholarships, <laughs> but, um, with all of the things, you know, the FAFSA, the work programs, the financial aid packet that they're going to get, it can all seem a bit overwhelming yes. for students. Mm -hmm. So in closing, like what's a, like, what advice What's this one piece of advice that you'd give to students and parents navigating paying for college? I've been saying this for years, like, you know, I've adjusted a few words here and there, but my final spill has always been the same. And it is, please do what's best for you, you know, as a student and from a parent perspective, you know, I have two students that, you know, I have two 22 year olds that have been through that process. And fortunately, you know, they, they decided to go the career route, which saved me a lot of money. So I'm not mad. But ultimately, no, as, from a parent perspective, you have to do what's best for your household, you know, financially and the student, you know. So if, if a student, if, if a, a kid has been admitted into, you know, their number one school and, you know, but you, you guys are left with a $10,000 bill, you know, that that bill will be the same bill pretty much every year that that student is there you know, unless a student receives a lot of financial aid or scholarships. So to, to take on that burden and stress for consistently for two, three, four years, ultimately it's not worth it. You know, um, it's not like a 30-year a, a mortgage or a car payment that can be stretched out. The, you know, these you know, colleges and universities, they want their money. So do what's best for you as a household financially because, at the end of the day, if a student attends, let's just go UVA, if a student attends UVA and a parent's uh, household says we can take on this, you know, $10,000, we'll make payments, things of that nature, and you are unable to continue those payments for whatever the case may be, let's just say November comes around, you can't make that payment. Uh, you can't make the payment before Christmas break, winter break. That student will be sent home. And you don't want that to happen because you now owe that university money and they will not yeah. release your transcript. Mm -hmm. You know, so if you wanted to you know, transfer, you can't transfer without that transcript. So, gotcha. you know, do what's best for you, you know, as, as a student and, and not worry about your friends and where someone else may want you to go. But do what's best for you, mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, it's your journey. And if, if your friend goes to another university and they get a, a, a bachelor's degree and you go to this university and you get a bachelor's degree, 
it's 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 the same bachelor's degree, you know. So, <laughs> I mean, I, that's that's great advice. That's really good advice. And and I, Mr. Muhammad, thank you so much for being here today. You've done a great job of providing all our great advice, great ideas. You know, I especially the whole like don't just go after the ten thousand dollars scholarship because you might not get it, but you know you can get you can get ten one thousand dollars scholarships and be just as good as the you know as the one. So thank you absolutely. Thank you so much. And I, and I love your good point. Like what's best for your household? Cause I, you know, for me, I was in that boat, you know, I got into my number one school. Like I said earlier, I got my number two school, you know, and it came, it came down to money and I just finished paying off my student loans this year. So, <laughs> you know, and I went to the cheaper school. Yeah, I know. I was so excited. I was like, Oh my gosh. You know, yeah. so I can only imagine had I taken on the other university, yes. you know, you know, where, like, where would I be now? You know what I mean? So I, you, that, that was a very, very great piece of point. All right. So now for the, for our listeners now, our next podcast is going to be about all the different, all the different great things um, that we're doing in Prince William County due to our County's wondrous diversity and what is Woodbridge is doing to raise more cultural awareness. So be sure to tune in next time. Again, thank you for listening and what uh we'll talk to you guys next time on what's up woodbridge bye everybody <laughs> bye.